SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Hour number two of Bagels and Bad Beats on this Wednesday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Our toll-free telephone number, 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. And you want to uh, email me, go to the website, hit the contact Scott icon, and fire away. Busy, busy day yesterday all around sports. NBA last night, you had a couple of games including the Denver Nuggets, which rallied from a 3-1 series deficit, beat Utah 80-78, Mike Conley missing a three-pointer at the buzzer that would have won it for Utah. Instead, the Nuggets win, and uh, they take the series four games to three. Next, we'll take on the Clippers. Boston rallies from 12 down late in the third, beats Toronto 102-99. Fred Van Fleet misses a jumper at the buzzer that would have sent the game to overtime, so the Celtics take a 2 nothing. Best of seven series lead. Hockey last night, staying alive. A little Saturday night fever on this it's a Tuesday night as both Philadelphia and Vancouver staved off elimination. Flyers, despite blowing a late 3-1 lead, beat the Islanders 4-3 in overtime. And uh, Vancouver knocked off Vegas 2-1 thanks to an early third-period goal. So both the uh, Canucks and the Flyers stay alive, trimming their series deficits to three games to two. Baseball last night, the highlights, a lot of runs scored in Colorado, 23 by the Giants to be exact. Alex Dickerson with three home runs. Uh, Ozuna with three home runs for the Braves, beat up our Red Sox 10-3. Philadelphia remains red hot. How about that? Phillies have now won seven of eight. They're over 500 for the first time. They blank Washington. Cubs knock off Pittsburgh. And uh, how about the Miami Marlins? You know what? So this is why you make some of the trades. Sterling Marte acquired trade deadline two days ago. Hits the game-winning home run as Miami beats Toronto 3-2. to two. So the Marlins, think about this, Met fans. The Marlins might make the playoffs, and the Mets may not. They lost to Baltimore again last night, 9-5. to five. And I tell you what, we should all send the Kansas City Royals a bottle of champagne, uh, champagne or a bouquet of roses for starting Matt Harvey again. Uh, he gave up five runs in less than two innings. He is just done as Cleveland pounds Harvey and the Royals 10 to 1. He actually pitched lousy last time and they won the game, but not this time. So, lot to get to over the next hour. Big was the bad beats on a Wednesday morning with yours truly, Scott. With a football talk, including coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. On both ends of the floor in this series. Sets a screen for Tatum. Fires a three. Hit it. 
Come on now, there was a time where that kind of pressure, particularly his first year, might have bothered Jason. But they did lose game one last year to Boston in the conference semifinals and ended up winning the next four. Miami's a better team than that Boston team last year as wow. Tatum with a beautiful step through and now has 29 points. Tom away. No good. Off the heel. Rebounded though by Grant Williams. Tatum. He'll try it. And get it. And the Celtics lead by six. ESPN and TV with the call there as the Celtics do rally from 12 down and they beat Toronto 102-99, taking a somewhat surprising 2-0 best-of-seven series lead as uh, Jason Tatum went off, had 34 points. Marcus Smart added 19, including 16 in the fourth quarter as, uh, again, the Celtics rally from double digits down and uh, they knock off Toronto 102-99. So second straight game that the Celtics really shut down that high-powered Toronto Raptors offense. So good job there. And you know the other story with Denver uh, stopping uh, Utah 90, or 80-78. to We've had a rash of unders uh, in NBA postseason games over the last three, four days or so. So you would think that would change and, and start going over, but uh, we will see. Football news yesterday. You know, our poll question I put out there a little while ago. Let's update it here now. And that is if, and it's a big if, if the New Orleans Saints were to trade running back Alvin Kamara, who's in a bit of a contract dispute. We'll get to that in a second. Who would be best suited to acquire him? Buffalo Bills, L.A. Rams, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or the proverbial other. Buccaneers leading the way at 37%. You got the Rams at 25%, Bills at 23%, and other at 15%. So pretty even. Uh, decent amount of voters. I just tweeted that back out again. Go to Opposite Picks, at Opposite Picks, and uh, get your vote in, and we'll update that at least one more time uh, before we are through. But it is true. You know, reports are, and listen, you, you do get this stuff this time of the year. You know, the running backs, especially more than any other position, they're screwed. Uh, he's played three years, so he's entering year number four. So realistically, the Saints have him locked in for two more years on his rookie contract. So, you know, he, he really doesn't have a whole lot to stand on. And he wants $16 million, supposedly. That's as much as Carolina gave running back Christian McCaffrey. And you can make the case, Kamara. Uh, is on that same level for sure. You know, he's probably better than the guys making $10, $12 million. He's the only running back in NFL history to uh, rush for 2,000 yards, get 2,000 receiving yards, and be in three Pro Bowls his first three years in the league. You know, over the last three seasons, he's fifth in yards from scrimmage, uh, second in all-purpose yards, 27 touchdowns, rushing fifth in the NFL, 243 receptions. I mean, he is in 2,000-plus yards, second in the league. I mean, he, he's as important to the Saints as certainly McCaffrey is to Carolina. Now, the only thing that is holding him back, or one of the things anyway, is, you know, Carolina stinks. And no offense to Carolina, but they don't have to pay a lot of players. You know, the Saints are at a Super Bowl level. They have to pay a lot of players. You know, they're, they're paying Drew Brees a gazillion dollars. They're paying the backup quarterback, Taysom Hill, a gazillion dollars. They're paying their wide receiver a gazillion dollars. You know, Carolina doesn't have that uh, at, at this point because, well, quite frankly, they don't have those players. So they have more money to spend on a Christian McCaffrey, and Kamara doesn't. So would the Saints really trade him? You know, no, I don't think they would. Would Kamara really hold out and not play if he's only being offered $10, $12 million? Nah, I kind of doubt that as well. You know, he might not sign a $12 million contract and he'll, you know, probably only play for what he's supposed to be getting. But is he really going to hold out? No, it's just, I just don't believe that's happening. And his agent said that he's not 
N-O-T-T-E-E, not demanding a trade. So, you know, they're trying to calm things down a little bit with the with the Saints in the front office and trying to negotiate a new contract. But, you know, listen, let's play the game. You know, let's just say the Saints say to themselves, hey, listen, you know what? We don't need to pay this guy $12 million. We got to pay a backup quarterback, you know, and, and nothing for nothing. If you could find money to sign Taysom Hill, then you should be able to find money to keep Alvin Kamara happy. I, I I would think I'd rather have Kamara on my football team and go find another backup quarterback that can play a couple of plays per game versus having my star running back decide he wants out and have to trade him because, you know, he's not going to be happy and, and we're not going to keep an unhappy player on our team. So find a way to get it done to World and Saints, and I got a feeling they will. But that said, let's play the game. Let's assume they can't get it done. And let's assume Kamara says, trade me, or you know what, I'm not playing, I'm done. I have enough money to last me for the rest of my life. I'll just have to live in Plainview, New York versus uh, Hollywood, California. Okay. How about the Buffalo Bills? You know, well, let's go to our three teams that we put on our, our poll. Uh, they just added Stephon Diggs, right, this offseason, acquiring him from Minnesota. So they got a big-time wide receiver. They don't really have a big-time running back. They have a quarterback who they hope to be big-time, a Josh Allen. You give Josh Allen Christian, McC- or, uh, Christian McCaffrey. You give Josh Allen Al- Alvin Kamara to hand the ball off and have little swing passes and Stefan Diggs to throw the ball deep with that Buffalo Bills defense. That's not bad. That's not bad. And the key is they are in the AFC. Most of the teams that I looked at that could use Kamara are in the NFC. And I just think that, you know, given their druthers, they'd rather trade, you know, Kamara to an AFC team versus an NFC team. Same thing with Tampa Bay. Now, Tampa Bay, boy, oh boy, you want to play fantasy football. You got Tom Brady this offseason. You got all those wide receivers. You got Gronk at tight end. Uh, their running backs are LaShawn McCoy. I mean, you know, and Ronald Jones. Uh, they are just crying out for some help at the running back position, right? You add Alvin Kamara to that offense. Wow. You talk about expectations going through the roof at Tampa Bay. Now, would the Saints really ever trade him to an in-division team? I really doubt that. I mean, they would have to, Tampa Bay would have to go so far over the top, you know, three number ones or something really goofy because, boy, you talk about cutting off your nose to spite your face. That's what the Saints would be doing if they traded him to Tampa Bay. But just fantasy-wise, that would be one heck of an offense. It really would. How about the L.A. Rams? I mentioned the Rams yesterday when we were talking about Leonard Fournette, who I just can't believe cleared waivers, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, they got Cam Akers. They used the first-round pick on Akers. But, you know, are you really going to count on a rookie quarterback? You know, they are, you know, a, a win-now team. You know, clearly their quarterback needs some help. Uh, they got some decent good wide receivers, right? Nice tight end. You throw uh, Leonard Fournette or, more importantly, Alvin Kamara in that backfield. Now, all of a sudden, the Rams are not playing second fiddle to Seattle and the San Francisco 49ers like they might be right now, despite going to the Super Bowl two years ago. Now the Rams are back to being the Rams. Now the Rams are back to being like Todd Gurley plus. Uh, That offense would be terrific. It really would. You know, the key with Kamara is he catches the football out of the backfield. That is so, so valuable. So, but again, are the Saints going to trade him to a Rams team that the Saints figure that they might have to go through to get to the Super Bowl? Probably not. How about the Washington Redskins? No Darius Geis for obvious reasons. Uh, They're still counting on Adrian Peterson, who's about 9,000 years old. I mean, you talk about a team that's crying out for a running back. They got the young quarterback who they hope to be, you know, the greatest thing in the world. It's a Redskins team that the Saints might be saying, you know, we don't really have to worry about them come playoff-wise. 
if they get a first round pick for uh, for Kamara, you're you know going to get it from a Washington Redskins team that figures to be 500 at absolute best, even with Kamara. So that's going to be a high first round pick. That would make a little sense. And then if you want to throw a little, you know, dig at Kamara as well, oh, you know, you don't want to be here with us? Uh, okay, we'll trade you. We're not trading you to Tampa Bay. We're not trading you to the Rams. We're not trading you to Green Bay. No, we'll trade you to the last place god-awful Washington football team. How about that? How about the Arizona Cardinals? They acquired DeAndre Hopkins this offseason. So they got a big-time wide receiver. They got Kyler Murray, who they think is going to be the quarterback in the future. They want to supply him with as much offense as possible. You know, Kenyon Drake's not bad, but he's not Alvin Kamara. You put Kamara in that backfield with uh, Hopkins on the outside, Kyler Murray throwing the football all over the place, not bad. They're in a tough division, obviously a very tough division with the Rams and Seattle and San Fran. I mean, they are looking up. They need to make a big-time splash. And again, same thing as with the Redskins. If the Saints were to acquire Arizona's first-round pick, you know, that figures to be, you know, maybe a 500 first-round pick. So, what, uh, 16 overall or so? Not bad. And then Green Bay would be the last one. You know, make Aaron Rodgers happy. I know you got Aaron Jones, and he's pretty good. Led the NFL in touchdown run last year, but he's not Alvin Kamara. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. So you got a few teams that obviously could use Alvin Kamara, but when everything is said and done, I'd be very surprised. Very surprised if the Saints uh, traded him away. 844-843-6879. More coming up. Maybe we be SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. He crushed it. It's a three-run home run for Andrew McCutcheon. And the Phillies are on top 6-0. Phillies Radio Network with the call on a Bagels and Bad Beats. Wednesday morning, 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. Yeah, how about those Phillies? A little baseball talk here. They've won seven of eight. They're over 500 now for the first time um, all season, albeit one game over, but still they're over uh, over 500. They blank Washington six to nothing. I tell you, I was dead on. You know, that's why they call us Mr. Vegas. That's why we give out winners here on Bagels and Bad Beats. No bad beats last night, that's for sure. I told you from the outset of the season, Bet against Boston, bet against Washington. Red Sox lose again last night, 10 to 3. Now, again, their lines are starting to adjust to the point where, you know, they're getting plus 150, 160, 170 at home. That's hard to bet against them because you're, that means you're laying a buck 90 or so, buck 80. And, you know, realistically, you have to win two out of every three just to break even. Uh, so really, you have to win three out of four. So, you know, it might be time to jump off their bandwagon, but, you know, they are so far down in a hole. You've made so much money going against them that until they win two or three in a row, 
I, I would continue to keep betting against them as they lose again last night. And same thing with Washington. They're horrible. They're in last place. They're going absolutely nowhere. I told you from the outset, as soon as their manager, Dave Martinez, was talking about his heart condition, which is fair. Don't blame him a bit. You know, uh, he was more concerned about his health than he was playing. And that, I think, uh, you know, trickles down into the team itself. And they're well under 500. They're not going to the playoffs. Their their reign as champs are going to be over soon. They lose again last night, six to nothing. They are cooked. If you've gone against them, and their lines are pretty even still. You know, I like what Red Sox games. You can bet against the Nationals and still, you know, not have to lay a buck seventy, buck eighty, buck ninety every single night. It, it's generally a buck thirty, maybe a dollar forty. So that's still you're still getting halfway decent value there. Philadelphia went six nothing. Uh, Giants, we talked about, beat up on Colorado 23-5. Cubbies knock off Pittsburgh 8-7 in 11 innings. Ian Happ with the game-winning RBI single for Chicago. Uh, how about Red Hot? When's the last time we said Red Hot Detroit? In any sport, for that matter. You know, whether it's the Lions, whether it's the Red Wings, whether it's the Pistons, whether it's the Detroit Tigers. I mean, we have not used Red Hot Detroit in the same sentence <laughs> in a long, long, long time. But uh, the red-hot Detroit Tigers have now won six straight. They beat Milwaukee 12-1 to as a monster underdog, as we gave out to our podcast subscribers last night. Uh, one of the many underdogs we gave out last night that turned out to be winners. We were on fire last night. Um, except for our best play of the day, which was over Denver, uh, Utah. I mean, who figured? Who, who saw that coming? I mean, the whole series has been nothing but 118 to 107s. You know, and the over-under is 218. I thought that was a gift from the boys in Vegas, and it turned out to not even obviously come close. That thing would have had to gone to quadruple overtime before it went to 219 points. I mean, how do you figure? Neither team, maybe one team lays an egg offensively. I understand that. But to have both teams not hit the broad side of the barn with their shots last night for the entire game, both hitting right around 38%, I mean, it just made no sense. Just absolute no sense after being a high-scoring series. So outside of that little loser, but we gave out the, the Indians, which buried Kansas City and Matt Harvey. Uh, we gave out the Phillies. We gave out the Braves. Um, you know, nothing. We, we gave out hockey winners in Philadelphia and Vancouver, 2-0 uh, and in the NHL. Boy, we were just absolutely on fire. Just, just on fire. But uh, Atlanta beat the Red Sox 10-3. to Baltimore did not go up the Mets 9-5. to You know the Mets at this point, as I said earlier, when you look at their schedule and their record, and then you look at you know some of the other teams, it's like two strikes against the Met fan. One, the Mets team itself stinks. And then two, you throw in the Miami Marlins and the Detroit Tigers are closer to playoff spots than the New York Mets. It just makes you want to gag if you're a Met fan. Thank goodness for the Washington Nationals. Otherwise, the Mets would be in last place in the NL East. The Mets... Right now, you got Dodgers sitting in the number one hole. You got the, the Cubbies in the number two. Braves number three, tied with the Cubs. Uh, Padres number four. Uh, Marlins number five. Cardinals number six. Giants number seven. Phillies number eight. Those are your eight playoff teams right now. Mets are one game back in the win column, but six games back in the loss column. Philadelphia 16 and 15. The Mets are 15 and 21. They have played six more games, five more games. They played five more games than the Phillies in their all losses. That's a lot of losses to make up. 
36 games. You got 24 games left, theoretically, if they can play all 60 games. Mets have lost five in a row, seven of three. Boy, again, when you consider how bad they are, then you throw in the Marlins would be making the playoffs right now. The Giants under 500 would be making the playoffs right now, or at least closer to it. Over in the American League, heck, the Baltimore Orioles are closer to making the playoffs uh, than the New York Mets are. That's tough. That's tough to accept when you had expectations of, you know, maybe unrealistically, but you had expectations of if everything fell the right way, this team making a serious run and winning a World Series with their pitching staff, and it's just just not happening. Wow. Dodgers doubled up Arizona last night, 6-3. to three. They are a major league best, 27-10. and 10. Uh, You know, surprisingly enough, for being a, a national team and having Mookie Betts and Kershaw and, you know, you got some real, real studs on that team, the Dodgers, at least on the East Coast anyway, very quiet 27 and 10. You know, I'm waiting for that like eight, nine game win streak from, from LA. I bet they haven't won more than five in a row. Well, let me hit their ledger. It, it seems like they've won like four out of five, three out of four, but I don't think they've necessarily had that long, long, long win streak, uh, except for the one that they might be on right now. Let me just see. Um, let's go to their schedule here. One, two in a row. Lose, won three in a row, lose, won two in a row, lose, won three in a row, lose, one, one, two, three, four, five, six, six in a row, that's not too bad, lose, four in a row, lose, two in a row, lose, and three in a row. So they did have a one little six-game win streak, uh, but other than that, it's, it's, as I said, it's been a bunch of three out of four, four out of fives, two out of threes. And just, you know, when you add it all up, all of a sudden they're 27 and 10. So a quiet, if you will, 27 and 10. Twinkies had the White Sox last night, 3-2. They even had big uh, AL Central Series at a game apiece. And I told you, uh, Miami top Toronto, 3-2. As Sterling Marte, newly acquired, hit the game-winning home run for Miami. Um, the fact that I'm a Red Sox fan, I can't root for Miami because of the Derek Jeter factor. But it is a nice little story. Uh, and it would just throw the upset apple cart into the equation. Can you imagine the Detroit Tigers? The Baltimore Orioles, the uh, Toronto Blue Jays playing in Buffalo, uh, making the postseason, and the Red Sox not, and and maybe the uh, you know the Angels, Mike Trout not, uh, the Mets not, uh, you know some of these type of teams that are big market teams not making it, not good, not good at all. Uh, tennis last night got a couple of firsts. First, the good news, if you will. Uh, Serena Williams uh, won her match against uh, Christy on A H N. I think that's how you pronounce it. In the first round of the U.S. Open, 7-5-7-3. So that gives her 102 victories at the U.S. Open, breaking the tie she had with Chris Everett for most in the uh, Open era. So congrats to Serena Williams, who, you know, might not be the Serena of 10 years ago, <clears throat> but she's not far off. She's good enough to get to the final semifinals in every one of these majors. And in this year in particular with the Open, with so many of the women, the top seeds, uh, top 10 players, six of them not partaking. So she's still, I, I tell you, it's an amazement. It really is. If this is 70s and 80s, she would have retired 10 years ago. So kudos to Serena. Uh, Venus, her sister, on the other hand, loses in the first round for the first time at the U.S. Open. Uh, losing to Carolina Mukova, uh, 34 forced errors. She loses in straight sets. First time she's ever lost in the first round at the U.S. Open. You know, and it's sad. You watch her play, and I always rooted for these two. Uh, I, I thought they were, you know, definitely behind, uh, you know, all odds. And and the father was was a bit goofy, although he is definitely Richard Williams. He is absolutely, definitely calmed down. You don't hear a peep out of him anymore. 
It's amazing. I wonder if somewhere along the line, both this, the girl, the sisters, Serena Vinny's, just went to, to Richard, the dad, and just said, hey, hey, dad, you know what? Uh, appreciate everything you've done for us. Uh, you know, push us along and go into all the tournaments and all the practices and all this other stuff. But uh, do me a favor. Uh, you know what? Uh, just, just, just shut up. Just, just you know, stop. You know, we, we don't need any more help. Uh, we're going to go out on our own. And I, I just wonder if they, you know, sat him down and just said, just, just chill out because he was, you know, he was as crazy as any father. He was in the forefront of as, as any father ever, whether it's Tiger Woods or, you know, name a father out there that, uh, you know, the balls, you know, I mean, he was like that. He really was. But somewhere along the line, he just said, okay, you know what? I know my place and my daughters have taken over. They're both great. They've dominated women's tennis and he kind of dropped out of the picture. So uh, kudos to him and them. And, and Serena and Venus, I feel bad for Venus. I really do. I was like, what's the point? And you watch her play. I watched a little bit of the match last night. It's just like, boy, she's done. She's just absolutely done. Um, you know, I don't know if she's got anything else going on in her life that, you know, we take up the, the equipment, but uh, it's not not good at all. Uh, you're watching her play. It is sad how great she once was. Good news from the NFL front, though. Um, latest rounds of the COVID-19 testing. Did you see this? Results from August 21st through August 29th, last week, basically. Nearly 9,000 players were tested multiple times. Only four tested positive. Four out of 9,000. You need ammunition for college football to play? That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. 9,000 players roughly tested and only four. Came out positive. We might have an entire football season. Let's hope. All right, I got a story I've been debating. They've asked me, they've begged me, they've pleaded for me not to tell you this next story. I'm debating on whether I will, but I think I will. Why not? Maybe with that. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Messer to work over the line with Pedersen. He'll look back. Nice pass hit of across. And Miller band on it. Hughes into the slot. Kick to Messer. Scores! Brock Messer took the shot. And I think Pedersen got the tip. To the point. Cradled by Niskanen. He'll fling it to an open area. Scott Lawton gets to it. Inside for Giroux, Claude Giroux, all the way back, here's Provorov, a wrist shot, they score! The Flyers win in overtime with traffic out in front, Scott Lawton was on the spot, and we will have game number six on Thursday. NBC Sports with the calls there. Vancouver knocking off Vegas 2-1. Philadelphia knocking off the Islanders 4-3. And overtime, both those winners extending their series to six games as they were trailing at three games to one. So 
Uh, more hockey, which is a beautiful thing. Kind of figured the Islanders would win, and I kind of thought, I told you yesterday, I was surprised Vancouver wasn't giving Vegas a bit more of a fight. So I thought both were live dogs yesterday, especially Vancouver, getting uh, monster odds plus 170. Uh, so they end up winning, and hopefully you, you hit on that uh, for sure. All right, 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. couple of things here. Uh, first up from the uh, world of the NFL, as I mentioned before the break, you know, good job by the coronavirus folks as far as the testing is concerned. Remember, the NFL is not living in a bubble. So I don't know what they're doing that is limiting the amount of positive tests, but four out of 9,000, or at least nearly 9,000, according to reports, that's pretty darn good. So that that is very, very encouraging if uh, you're worried about the NFL having a season or not. But, um, you know, latest rounds for last week, uh, you, you got to take away from that is like, wow, thank thank goodness. Because, again, they're not necessarily living in a bubble. They're going through training camp, and uh, it is somewhat confined. But it's not like the NBA or NHL by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, talk is cheap around the NFL. Ezekiel Elliott, Cowboys uh, running back. Dallas is doing a lot of talking this offseason. I'll tell you what saying yesterday that this is probably the most talented team he's been on. Look at the depth chart. Look at the roster. Look at how many pro bowlers we have, how many all-pro guys they have. And it is true, you know, they do have 14 players who've made a pro bowl in their careers, and uh, they have eight former all-pro players, which is even more prominent than uh, pro bowl players. And uh, But, you know, to be fair, most of those pro bowl players were on last year's eight and eight football team. So if you want to use that philosophy, then where were they last year, Ezekiel? So, but they are loaded. I mean, I mean, you would think, and in that division, which is not exactly great, you know, Washington stinks giants, nothing special. And then uh, we're not sure what you're going to get out of Philadelphia. It should be a halfway decent football team, but uh, it's not like, uh, you know, most other divisions where, you know, you have two or three other football teams. You really have to contend with uh, the East in both sides, AFC and NFC pretty weak so it is there for the taking for Ezekiel and the Dallas Cowboys but we've been saying this for the last couple of years there are issues no two ways about it you know they, they brought in a couple of uh, you know questionable character guys you have the Dak Prescott contract situation that's hanging over and will hang over this team throughout the entire season that is going to be a constant talk I don't know what that's going to do in the locker room I think most play I, I shouldn't say this but I, you know, I, I think most players want their quarterbacks uh, to get as much money as possible and sign guys. So I, I think that's a pro Dak Prescott locker room. Uh, and they may perceive them not paying him as a slight and take that out on the football field and, and affect them you know, playing-wise. I don't know. But there are some issues. There are little, you know, some landmines there for the Dallas Cowboys to have to worry about. But on paper, they are the best team in that division. And on paper, they're one of the better teams in the NFC. But again, it all depends on whether you believe in Dak Prescott, and I do not. So if that team ends up going 13-3, and three, I would be very surprised. As good as they are, as good as their wide receivers are, as good as their defense can be, as good as Ezekiel Elliott is, uh, to me it all still goes back to Dak Prescott. And I got to see Dak win on a big-time level, something he has not been able to do. And he wants a lot of money, and again, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. NFL yesterday also announced that there will be fake the news slash noise in the stadiums. The executive VP, Troy Vincent, and the commissioner saying, yep, these teams are going to be allowed to have fake crowd noise, which is fine. They set track levels, though, on how high it can be. They didn't necessarily say how loud it is. I mean, they could have, but who knows how loud that really is. But what's interesting is that, you know, some teams can have fans in the stands. Some teams are allowing 20, 25% capacity. Other teams are not. The teams that are allowing 20, 25% capacity 
are still going to be able to have the same decibel level with this fake noise. So now you have the fake noise, we'll just say at level three, um, on top of the 25% capacity noise. So that's going to be actually pretty darn loud. It really is. What's the penalty, oh, by the way, for having this uh, fake crowd noise be too loud? You know, I don't know why they can't. Maybe they will. But, you know, they have league officials, right? Uh, and they, la- they have league score people, right? So. Uh, would it be the craziest notion in the world to have uh, NFL teams also create uh, league crowd noise people? You know, so it's not going to be the home team that's going to be in control of this crowd noise, the decimal level. It's going to be an official from the league who's going to be, you know, you would think, uh, you know, uh, uh, non-biased and not make it too loud. I mean, I know you got to make it louder for the home team. You're not going to do it for the road team. I get that. But I, I, I see one, you know, Right, that doesn't just have Bill Belichick written all over it. Yeah, not, nothing for nothing. Doesn't this have it? By the way, did you see the Belichick uh, subway commercials? I didn't think they were that funny. Uh, you know, listen, he's not a funny man to begin with, but I didn't, you know. All right, so he cut the guy's sleeves off. That That's the big thing, you know. I, I didn't, you know, no big deal. But anyway, doesn't this have Bill Belichick written all over it, right? Can't you hear John Harbaugh, the Ravens? yelling and screaming about Belichick having the, the decibel level too high. I mean, is, is there going to be a, like a monitor there? I know supposedly they have the monitor out in Seattle for the 12th man to be able to figure out how high it is or 13th man, how, how loud it is. You know, is there a penalty? Is there going to be like a 15-yard uh, personal conduct penalty against the home team if the decibel level is just an inch too loud? I mean, how could you determine that if you're having 25% capacity in the, in the stands as well with some of these teams, right? I mean... It could be decimal level fake noise three, but the 25% is pushing it up to like five. And and so how are you going to determine whether it's the fake noise or it's the real crowd noise? And I know this sounds goofy. It's like, my God, who the hell cares about all this stuff? I'm telling you, this has got Bill Belichick, New England Patriots written all over it. It it absolutely does. I, I guarantee you, as we sit here at 47 past the hour on a Wednesday, September 2nd, there is going to be at least one team that is going to accuse Belichick and the Patriots of having their crowd noise be too loud. I'm telling you, someone's going to complain. I don't know if it's going to be the Dolphins. I don't know if it's going to be the Jets. I don't know if it's going to be the Buffalo Bills. I don't know if it's going to be any other team that they face. But somebody, I can almost guarantee it, is going to accuse Belichick of having the crowd noise be too loud. The first delay of game penalty that occurs against an opposition at the Gillette Stadium where the Patriots play, they'll be the first ones to say, listen, our guys couldn't hear the signals. So we're jumping off sides because uh, the mopes upstairs in the press box have the decimal level at five or six, and it's only supposed to be three or four. I, I, I guarantee you. It's gonna, and then there's going to be Belichick you know, after the game saying, you know, <clears throat> as we had a little exclusive interview not that long ago, you know, Belichick saying, I'll do anything uh, that it takes uh, to, to win a football game. So taking him out of context there a little bit, having some fun. But I, this has got, listen, for a team that had to deal with Deflategate, for a team that had to deal with Spygate, for a team that had to deal with every single gate humanly possible, is it really out of the realm of possibility to think that they're going to have the decibel level be a little bit higher than what it should be? I, I think not. I, I think that's very, very possible. And I'm telling you right now, if FanDuel had a bet, will someone accuse the Patriots of having their fake crowd noise be too loud? Yes or no, pick them. I would be all over the yes. All over the yes. 
And Goodell was asked, Roger Goodell, commissioner of the NFL, was asked yesterday, do you think this is going to be an unfair advantage for some of the teams, especially those, you know, that have the, you know, 20 to 25, whatever the case may be, percentage of fans in the stands? And he said, nope, we do not believe it is. Uh, we did not see that. Uh, so I, I don't know if they are, they're keeping their heads in the sand. I don't know if they just think, you know, there's nothing we can do. Again, is there going to be a, an official out there with a little meter reader that says, okay, the, the, the crowd noise is too loud? If so, what's the penalty? You know, you're going to throw a 15-yard penalty against the team. You're going to blame the team for a, a guy in the press box who accidentally, you know, put the lever at four instead of three. Um, I get it. You know, listen, I think MLB and the NHL and the NBA have done a terrific job. I really do with the crowd noise. It, that has not been an issue. I don't know if there are team officials that are doing that or league officials that are controlling it, but out of all the games I've watched, and I've watched a ton, it really, they've done a pretty good job making it sound somewhat normal. And then you put the phony fans in the stands, and the overall experience of watching a game is, you know, out of a scale of 1 to 10, expectations were probably going to be around a 7, 7.5, and And realistically – you know, I think it's a solid eight, you know, solid eight or nine. You know, maybe they could have done a little bit better job. But overall, I think all three leagues and, and whether it's the TV networks as well uh, that have gotten involved with this have really done a real good job making it seem like you're just watching a regular sporting event, not one with no fans in the stands. Now, can the NFL pull that off? I don't know. You know, the NBA and the NHL has the bubble. So I'm guessing league officials are in control of the noise. MLB, not the case, but it's an empty stadium. And, you know, you don't really necessarily have that noise because it's not a continuous flow. You know, you don't have yelling and screaming, per se, when there's a ground ball to the second baseman. So I don't know if that necessarily plays a role as much as it would with the NFL when you're trying to call signals and you're trying to call plays and the, the guys on the field are trying to hear the signals being called. You know, that that plays a much, 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 much bigger role in football than it does in baseball. So I, I like I said, I can just see it. I, I without a shadow of a doubt that someone is going to accuse the New England Patriots of having their crowd noise too loud. So you mark it down right now. And I don't know what the NFL will do about it. Probably nothing. Probably nothing. How about President Trump yesterday calling the Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren as one of our callers in the first hour alluded to? And then he tweeted out that, you know, returning football to the Big Ten is at the one yard line. And then the Big Ten officials later on are like, I, I don't know what conversation you were talking with, but uh, no, not, not happening. And then there was a report out there that the Big Ten was considering playing football starting October 10th. And then same thing, you know, Nebraska's AD said, I don't know where you got that information from, but that, that, that that's not happening. So the only thing we've had from the commissioner two days ago was they're considering playing maybe in January. And we talked about that yesterday as far as how the other conferences will be crowning their national champion in January, and the Big Ten is just going to be starting its season. I mean, that would be very, very weird. But they just can't seem to get on the same page, whether it's President Trump, whether it's the chancellors, whether it's the president, whether it's the football players, whether it's the fans, whether it's the ADs. Um, the, the Big Ten probably should just say, you know what, we're, we're done. We, we, it, it's just not happening, you know. So, so stop it. Here, here, we'll write it in stone. We are not starting the college football world in our conference uh, until January at the earliest. And just write it down and just be be done with it. Because if the NFL continues to have non-COVID test positive, and if college football can, you know, pull this thing off for a month or so, the pressure for the Big Ten and Pac-12 to start up is going to be just crazy. It's going to be crazy, but 
you know, at this point, they seem hell-bent on not playing college football. It seems weird. The president, or the, excuse me, the, uh, the, the commissioner of the uh, Big Ten, Kevin Warren, has a son who plays football for Mississippi State. He can play football, but his conference, Kevin's conference, cannot. Now, again, he's not calling the shots, but he is the figurehead, so it, it does seem kind of weird. That is for sure. Amazing. All right, Bagels and Bad Beats on a Wednesday morning. We'll wrap up shopping stories that we didn't have time to get into and some winners on a Wednesday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Listen, program directors all around the nation, they begged, they pleaded. They said, Scott, don't bring this up. It's going to lead to nothing but trouble. You're never going to satisfy anyone. Don't do it. You're only going to get yourself fired. You're going to disgust people. They're going to be pissed off. They're going to turn the dial. Don't do it. Don't do it. But, you know, I didn't get to where I am. Not that it's in a great, great position, but pretty good. You know, I'll take it. I didn't get to where I was by listening to the program directors. So, you know what? What the fudge? Let's bring it up. Did you see the story about the woman in Russia who fell asleep in her backyard sitting on, I guess, a lawn chair, right? We all have done that, whether a hammock, lawn chair, sitting around, no big deal. She falls asleep, and she has a snake crawl down her shirt? No. Pants? No. Pockets? No. Uh, house? No. Uh, backpack? No. A snake, a four-foot snake, crawled down the woman's throat. Oof. While she was sleeping. And if you want to get really grossed out, if that is not enough, you can YouTube it and they show you she's unconscious, but they show you taking a pair of prongs, I guess, and grabbing the snake out of her mouth and pulling it out of her mouth. A four foot. Oh, God, I'll never go in my backyard again. Uh, I'm playing, uh, with that said, uh, enjoy your breakfast. Uh, I'm playing the Milwaukee Bucks laying the five tonight. Sorry, folks. I just had to, had to, had to tell the story. Enjoy your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here. Big as a bad beat.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.